Hi guys, it's Hall and this is Horrid Happenings. Welcome, welcome. It is Monday morning here, so I'm a little bit tired this morning. Um, I have nothing to report except if you hear weird noises in the background, that's because my beautiful doggo is laid next to me on the sofa and every now and again he has to get up and have a stretch and a shake. So I could let him leave the room or I could edit it out, but I won't because it's adorable. I'm going to say a trigger warning for this one and that is for child abuse and torture. Um, this is a pretty hard one to like stomach if you like. It's not the uh, It's not the nicest. But this is the story of the bone breaker and it, it's a heartbreaking sad story but then there's also a survival story in, in within it so like i said trigger warning child abuse torture if that's not something that you want to listen to so let's do it chris steiner was born on the 19th of november 1979 in barabo wisconsin on July the 14th, 1994, Chris was 14 years old and he had a morning shift at his new job in the local McDonald's. So his parents had sorted to wake him up around 6.15am, but unfortunately when they got to his bedroom, he was nowhere to be found. After searching the house, they called the police and Chris's father explained how he had checked on Chris the night before at around 10pm and he was fast asleep in his bed and then obviously going to wake him this morning, he wasn't there. With further investigation of the house, the police found that the screen over a ground floor bedroom window had been slashed. Chris had had an older brother who was away at the time of Chris's disappearance and that ground floor bedroom was his bedroom. Wow, blah, blah, blah. The two ground floor patios were unlocked and there was muddy footprints scattered around the house. The first question from the police was, as it's 4th of July weekend, could it be possible that Chris had left on his own accord and gone to a party or potentially to meet a girl? And at first his parents agreed that very well could be the case. I guess, you know, you have that hope and you don't you. But again, unfortunately, the hours passed and then the days. So that theory ended up being ruled out. The police, of course, asked if it was possible that Chris was a runaway, but his parents assured them that that was not the case at all. Chris was really excited for his new job. He was happy at home. He hadn't shown any signs of discomfort or change. So the police carried on investigating further, although they didn't really have anything to go on. So then the 10th of July, a body was found, unfortunately, in Wisconsin River, top of a fallen floating tree. It was a badly decomposed and very bloated body from clearly spending many days in the water. So with the help of dental records, they found that the body was in fact that of Chris Steiner. They ruled the cause of death as a drowning, but the manner of death is undetermined. Chris's parents believed that a local boy who is a friend of Chris's older brother named Joseph Clark was responsible but he was quickly ruled out as a suspect after Joseph's mother gave an alibi stating that he was home the entire evening of the fateful day and if Joe had left home she would have noticed so after that the case went cold. The following year on the 29th of January 1995 13-year-old Thaddeus Phillips, who hadn't lived in the area longer than two weeks, had fallen asleep on the sofa next to his sister in their home in Baraboo. 4am rolled around and their father checked on them only to find that his daughter was the only one there. Thad was nowhere to be found in that room or any other room in the house. The police were promptly called and they found nothing sinister in the house, but Thad's parents insisted that their son was not a runaway. It just wasn't like him at all and if he had left the house he would have let someone know of his whereabouts or left some information before leaving if he could. 
The police were as confused as the parents, and over the next two days, it was just a frantic search for any clues, but there didn't seem to be any at all in that time frame. Then, 43 hours after Thad's disappearance, a call came in to 911 from a young teenage boy. The boy explained to the operator that he was being held captive in another person's home, that he had several broken bones and needed urgent help. The boy was Thad Phillips. He wasn't able to tell the operator where he was, but they luckily were able to trace the call, and when the operator called through to the deputy, he started to head Thad's way. As Thad had such a calm demeanour on the phone, they initially had a feeling that it was a prank call. They still went, and when the officers arrived, within 30 minutes of the phone call, they found an extremely injured and frail Thad Phillips clinging to life. So the emergency services rushed Thad to hospital, and there they found out just how horrific his injuries were. While he was at the hospital, Thad was trying to tell his side of the story eventually after they'd looked him over and started treatment. Thad claimed he was half awake whilst being carried out of his home. He first believed that it was his father carrying him to bed until he'd reached the front of the house and in his groggy state he then thought, oh, maybe it was a friend of the family, possibly someone in need of assistance who was unable to wake up his parents. So he was kind of dazed. He followed the unknown person down the street, roughly about a mile away to a very run-down, nearly pretty much derelict looking home. When they entered the house, it was even more disgusting on the inside than it was on the outside. There was stuff trashed everywhere. And Thad was starting to wake up then. So he asked the stranger what they were doing there, who he was. The stranger said that he was having a party there tonight and he listed off some names of like local teenagers that Thad was actually familiar with. And then this guy introduced himself, Joseph Clark. So Joseph Clark was a 17 year old boy who lived with his mother in this home. At the time, his mum was said to actually be out of town babysitting for a relative for a few days, so he was home alone. Thad had kind of known Joe's face from around town, but he wasn't actually really familiar with him. After introductions and talking with Thad, Joe managed to further lure Thad upstairs after asking if he was interested in model trucks and cars. Although the situation was super weird, he was a 13-year-old boy who had been woken up like halfway to this guy's house. And at that age, what kind of danger do you really understand that you're in? So I kind of get why he just was questioning his head, but not out loud because it's so random. He also said later on that he actually didn't feel threatened at all at this point because Joe seemed really warm towards him. Once they were upstairs in this house, Joe's demeanor changed completely. And Thad then realized that he was in serious danger. Joe had very quickly grabbed Thad and threw him across the bed in a fit of rage. Thad tried to fight back by kicking his legs, but Joe once again grabbed at Thad, securing his right foot in his hands. He then twisted Thad's foot round really tightly until his bones snapped right above the ankle joint. Thad was immediately in shock and just stopped putting up a fight there and then. So Joe then sat down next to Thad and just like put his head in his hands, looked like he was about to cry. Thad then took this opportunity to try and run as fast as he could out of the bedroom. And he got out of the bedroom, he made it down the hall, down the stairs, and he said the whole time, obviously he's got a very broken ankle, and that he could feel it kind of detached from the joint as he managed to run away. So he managed to make it right near the door, but Joe caught up with him. Joe then dragged Thad into the living room and threw him onto the sofa this time. Again, he took Thad's right leg and he forced it upwards, leaning hard onto it until his femur broke, snapping it clean in two. Thad said he heard a horrific pop when this happened and felt absolutely unbelievable pain. I can't even imagine. Joe then stopped once again. 
He sits down next to Thad, changing his demeanour again back to being all friendly. He then just randomly started telling Thad about his life, his family and how he, he had a very beloved car that he'd been working on lately to try and get it up and running properly. Thad said he was acting like nothing had happened, as if they were friends that, you know, they'd just met up for a chat. So Thad decided that maybe humouring Joe and acting like his friend back, that he might be able to get out of this hell that he was in. So once they got talking, Thad asked Joe, you know, why are you doing this to me? Joe explained that he loves the sound and feel of breaking bones. Thad thought for a second and was like, well, why don't you just do it to yourself? Joe then further explained that he tried many, many times in the past to do it to himself, but he was unable to get the angles right to actually do it the way that he wanted the bones to break and then he told Thad that you're the third boy that I've done this to you're not the first which is just oh, harrowing the following morning Thad asked Joe if he'd be able to call home to his parents so Joe did agree and he pointed Thad towards the phone after Thad was dialing the number he put the phone to his ear and that's when he heard Joe laughing from across the room. He realised that the phone had actually been disconnected and Joe was taking great pleasure in watching Thad's face turn into panic with his realisation that he wouldn't be able to call home and he was trapped here. Thad pleads and pleads and pleads with Joe, telling him he won't tell anyone what's happened here. He will tell he will tell people he's just fallen over a table and that's how he injured himself. But Joe refused and he sat down on the sofa next to Thad turned the telly on and just sat there watching TV for a while in silence. Joe then quietly picked Thad up, took him back upstairs to the bedroom. There, he just grabs Thad's left foot and he twists it until it breaks the same as he did with the right foot. But this time he continued twisting it all the way until his foot was facing backwards. Thad obviously hits out at Joe, smacking him the best he could in the back of his head because Thad said that Joe was kind of had his back to him. So he had his, his leg either in between his, his legs or underneath his arms and twisting his ankle back so then Thad's smacking Joe in the back of his head but Thad fighting back really really angered Joe so he grabbed a pillow and held it over Thad's face smothering him while saying if you keep fighting back I will either kill you or I will break your neck like I broke your ankles. Thaddeus was obviously absolutely terrified and just stopped fighting there and then. Throughout the day Joe kept going outside to work on his car and every so often he'd come back in and when he did come back in he was enraged about the car not working yet and that was when he would just take all his anger out on Thad with beatings that Thad called Joe's torture sessions. So this would include, these are a bit more of a trigger warning, this would include like beating and twisting of Thad's legs again but once he was done torturing him, he would place like long white socks over his injuries. Like not just one pair, but multiple pairs, one after the other. Um, and he'd put them on perfectly and they had to be perfect. They had to be all pulled up to the exact same length. Now, once Joe was satisfied with the socks and that they were in the right place, he would then masturbate in front of Thad whilst looking at the socks. Joe would explain to Thad that the socks were like a makeshift cast to protect the injuries and help heal them, as although he liked to break bones, he also liked to fix them. I'm just going to take a breath here because it's super disturbing. <sighs> Joe would not only put layers of socks on Thad, he would actually force his legs into different braces and make him walk around the house and watching him struggle, watching him hobble. And after all this torture, Joe would then just again calm down and act like a friend towards Thad. Thad is then again left upstairs on the bed and Joe says, I'm popping out for a while. So Thad's legs are getting increasingly worse at this point. They are swollen beyond belief. I can't even imagine the pain. You know, somehow this 13-year-old boss boy had utter determination and strength to keep fighting. So once he heard the car door slam, 
and know that Joe was actually gone. He struggled his way off the bed and he dragged himself down the hall to the stairs. Um, and at first he tried to go down the stairs feet first on your bum, you know, like a toddler does. But the pain was just far too much for him to bear. So he did the only thing he could think of and he just threw himself the best he could to the bottom of the stairs. When he got to the bottom of the stairs, he actually passed out. But before long, he came to. He then tried to make his way to the living room, like crawling across the floor. But he did keep passing out numerous times. Thad cannot recall at all how many times he passed out or how long he had been attempting to make this journey for. But it was long enough as unfortunately Joe returned home. At first, he didn't notice Thad. Joe was in the kitchen talking with a female who presuming there's Joe's girlfriend for quite a while whilst Thad just laid there terrified, unable to move because he was unable to then get himself back upstairs to where he was. Eventually the girl left and Thad is discovered, unfortunately. Joe is shocked and super pissed and instantly drags Thad back upstairs before giving him the worst beating yet. He was twisting his ankles and his legs around again, but also this time he started beating and stamping down on Thad's chest, raking his ribs multiple times and bruising the rest really severely. After this beating, Joe carries Thad back downstairs to sit on the sofa with him and watch TV. Now the following morning is Sunday. Thad woke up and said his legs didn't even look human anymore. They were all different colours, a lot of it yellow, and they were swollen more than he could even describe. He remembered on that day it was actually his brother's birthday, so all he wanted to do was be at home with his family. And he did say that that is what kept him going throughout this entire ordeal, and that's what kept him having that fighting motivation. Once again, Joe dragged Thad back upstairs to the bedroom. And throughout the course of the day, Joe would inflict torture upon Thad again and again. Every couple of hours, he'd come up and do the same beatings and injuries as the day before. But this time, as Thad lay motionless on the bed, Joe was actually taking run-ups from the landing and jumping on top of Thad's body over and over and over again. And at this point, on top of the other injuries Thad already had, his knees were then broken as well. His left knee so badly broken, it was snapped to face a different direction entirely. When the evening arrived, Joe going out again, but he was worried this time that Thad will make another escape attempt. So he threw him inside his wardrobe that was just piled high with crap and he locked him in there. Thad listened as Joe got into his car once again and drove away. Sat in the darkness, Thad was trying to feel around the wardrobe and like could, he just trying to find anything that he could to get himself free. He then came across like an old wooden guitar so he lifted it up the best he could and he just sat smashing it against the locked door until it finally broke free. He once again dragged his swollen body across the floor towards the stairs where again he had no other option than just to throw himself down. He managed it before passing out again at the bottom of the steps. When he finally came around he just felt groggier than ever. He'd had no water and no food during this entire time at the horror house. So he was like incredibly run down and the fact that he kept passing out from his injuries. He still managed, I don't know how, crawl his way, finally reaching the kitchen this time. And he noticed a phone on the wall above. He managed to grab the coil that was hanging down and to his luck finding that once he got the phone down that the numbers to dial were actually on the handset itself, thank God. So without hesitation, he called 911. You can actually hear the phone call on some of the documentaries and like the YouTube videos. And it is so heartbreaking. Like not much is said, but the strength this poor boy had is just un unreal. And like, I'm not surprised at first, I kind of thought it was a prank, but he was just so, so calm. I would have been freaking out, but yeah. 
they got there, found Salad, and Thad is put onto a stretcher and transported straight to the hospital. The responding officers and medical teams said the injuries he sustained were that of someone who had had a terrible, terrible car crash. Both his legs were broken in four places. His feet were so twisted that his skin was actually like rubber because he'd like twisted the skin as well. And his toes were all pointing the wrong way. They also found that he had severe internal bleeding. And if it was not treated immediately, it was fatal. They said that if it had been one to two hours later that he was found, that he would have died from the injuries that he had. They quickly found Joe and he was arrested. And whilst being handcuffed, he said about Thad, oh, he's still alive, is he? Which is just... Whilst being interviewed, he claimed that he had blacked out during those times. And when he would come to, he would notice that Thad was injured in his home. And he tried to tend to those injuries himself, but that it was just, it was just so out of control. And you think, oh, God, hero. Clark was charged with attempted first degree homicide, causing great bodily harm to a child and child enticement. This landed him on the registered sex offenders list in Wisconsin. When Clark went to trial, he pleaded no contest by reason of insanity because, you know, don't they fucking all do that. The defence argued that there were two reasons that caused Joe to black out during Thad's time in captivity. First being that his bio mum was a heavy drug user throughout her entire pregnancy and after which led to causing a developmental damage to Joe's brain, making him act irrationally at times. The second was that Joe had an accident whilst he was riding his dirt bike at the age of 15, banging his head and causing a subdermal hematoma and memory loss for four days following the crash. The jury saw through all his bullshit and Joe was smacked with a guilty sentencing which landed him at 100 years in prison. Thad was able to tell the police everything, including how Joe Clark had mentioned that he'd done the same with two previous boys. One he remembered being named Chris but the other name he could not remember and he's never been able to recall. So the police managed to put two and two together and they reopened the case of Chris Steiner. Whilst doing their investigation, they found that whilst Chris had had an autopsy, there were actually no x-rays taken of Chris's legs. So because of this, they exhumed Chris Steiner's body and did further testing and they found that both Chris's legs had four breaks in them almost identical to that of Thad's legs. They believed that Chris had been taken in a similar manner with Joe taking him and luring him away from his home with his friendliness and his kindness and the promise of possibly having a party maybe down by the river. And there they believed that he'd crushed Chris's legs like he had Thad's but then threw Chris into the river and watched as Chris struggled with obviously his legs being broken. He wouldn't have been able to stand up or swim so therefore he drowned unfortunately. Upon doing a search of Joe's house they found a notebook. A notebook that was written in by Joe himself. So the writing was set into like three columns with titles. One that said get to now. One that was said can wait. And the other one was leg thing. So under each column was a total of around 29 names and they were names of all teenage boys that lived in the area. Joe is put on trial once again and this time for the murder of Chris Steiner. As stated at the start, Joe's mother had an alibi for his whereabouts on the night that Chris went missing. He was at home asleep but we find that during this time his mother was sleeping as well and she was a very heavy sleeper at that. There had been reports of more than one time where Joe was able to actually sneak out on a night to hang out with his friends, going undetected by his mother, and also sneak back because she was sound asleep and she didn't hear him. 
Other people that knew Joe from the area had gone to school with him. They testified that he was a pretty vicious bully to other kids and even the teachers. One teacher claimed that he made a death threat to them over the phone. Another one of his peers, this time someone who had spent time with Joe at a juvenile centre, testified that Joe had told her that he intended to kill the boy and place his body over the tree in the river. So with those testimonies, amongst other things, he was once again sentenced to life in prison plus 40 years. Whilst inside, Joe has tried to maintain his innocence in the Christina case. He even did an interview for a podcast. This is where Joe revealed like what his life was like growing up. But this is not what you think. He said, I was parents were both alcoholics, but if he ever needed help or guidance, he always had them. He was never without the necessities and his parents took him to places that he enjoyed. One of these places that he loved to go was pubs and bars. There was no like childhood trauma and according to him, he was like a very good kid. He was still claiming he blacked out for the 42 hours that Thad was at his home. He only remembers certain parts, but most of the time it's foggy. He, but he does recall that the two boys were actually in a fight and Thad was kicking him. So in self-defense is when he grabbed Thad's legs and twisted them to stop him. You know, this fucking guy. He also claimed that Thad's other injuries were self-inflicted, that he'd watched Thad do them himself, although he did say that he'd blacked out and he'd come to to find that Thad had these injuries. So bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. He also said that the builder of the house was to blame. Then built the staircase properly. So that's what caused Thad to trip and fall down the stairs. Like, obviously. When he was asked why he didn't call 911, I keep wanting to say 999 because I'm... <laughs> Uh, he said it was because he didn't have a grown-up mind then. He had no idea what to do in that situation. He denied telling Thad that he was responsible for the other attacks. He claimed the notebook they found doesn't belong to him at all. It wasn't even his handwriting. And he doesn't know hardly any of the names on the list. He said the death threat to his teacher was merely a prank that had just got out of hand. But you know what? I think we can all agree that this guy's just a grade-A twat. So that is the story of Joe Clark. And Joe Clark is never leaving prison. Thank fuck for that. But we're not ending on him because Thad Phillips, although Thad still walks with a slight limp from all the injuries that he had, he has grown up, made a very good recovery and became a husband and I think a father of two. He has done other interviews and documentaries that you can find online. And I think there was a cold case episode called The Tortured Truth. Um, I unfortunately couldn't find that one, but I have read that that's quite a good one to watch and listen to. So yeah, so that's the survival story of Thaddeus Phillips. And I think we can all agree how badass that guy is because wowzers. And that is my minisode for you guys. There was a few sources I got this off. One main one was Dave's Lemonade. And you can find that on YouTube. That was a really good watch. I actually really like, say enjoyed, but you know what I mean? Enjoyed watching that one. And I did get some good information from there. And the rest was just Google searches and whatnot. But yeah, that is my minisode of the Bone Breaker. Another classic name so hope you guys keep listening and i will speak to you soon ciao